0: Hey listeners, Jennifer here. Do you ever feel disconnected or even lonely as a business owner? I believe a huge part of being really successful in business is making powerful connections. And because I'm so passionate about community and connections, I've created a place for you to connect, network with other like-minded entrepreneurs, and even get feedback from a certified coach, that would be me, on your business. Every week I host a one hour coffee chat so that you have a consistent and free space to be in community with others who are on a similar journey. I would love to invite you to be a part of this community. Even if your afternoon beverage of choice is not coffee, I welcome you to join us. Go to the link in the show notes to join. I can't wait to meet you. Imagine having a guide to walk with you through the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, someone who has been where you are and knows the psychology and the magic of business done with ease and joy. Welcome to the Clarity to Cash podcast, the place for you to get crystal clear in your business and life so you can feel confident about getting to that next level of cash and impact. I'm your host, Jennifer Jacobson, former therapist and certified life coach for female entrepreneurs. My mission is to get you the clarity you need to create the life and business you desire. Every week, I will be your guide to more clarity, confidence, and cash in your business. Get ready to feel the power of clarity to cash. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I have a guest episode today, and today we have Sarah Dur- Duran. Did I say that right, Sarah?
1: Uh, Duran, just like Duran Duran.
0: Like Duran Duran, yay! (laughs) As a girl from the 80s, I totally love Duran Duran. Okay, awesome. So Sarah is the founder and CEO at Fruition Initiatives and is an operational expert who has spent over a decade helping people and organizations turn their ideas into action. So on top of her business strategy expertise, she's also a coach who helps solopreneurs live up to their highest potential. She takes her expertise as a consistent six-figure freelancer and combines it with her background in curriculum design, facilitation, and coaching to give solopreneurs the support to get what they need out of their work every day. So welcome, Sarah. I'm so excited to have you.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.
0: Amazing. So tell us a little bit about how you got started and you know, fruition initiatives, like where that came from and all the, yeah, tell us our story and all the things, and then we'll get into our topic for today.
1: Sure. Um, so I, let's see, I'm going on about 10 years of having, um, my company. Um, I am a project manager by trade. And so that's what I have done as a solopreneur for the last 10 years. Um, I manage large scale, um, projects for companies, universities, um, small businesses, and then over the last, I would say, like four years, I sort of got into coaching and creating content for other freelancers. So I realized, um, and with all of the amazing freelancers that I work with when I work with my clients, um, that a lot of them were um, lacking just some fundamental like processes and structures that you needed to run your business. And so that has sort of transitioned over the last three to four years into. Um, a full-blown coaching program that I run for solopreneurs, mostly freelancers and consultants. Um, And the focus of that program is really just giving people a solid foundational framework to be able to build businesses that give them what they need in their lives and then reinvent their work whenever they need to, to make sure that they're still getting what they need.
0: Amazing. So um, tell me a little bit about, tell us a little bit about what is that like That foundation? What do you think needs to happen first?
1: So I actually start with the individual and not with their business. So I think we all come to a business coaching um, situation with like, this thing is broken in my business. And that I 100% am here to help fix those things. But what I ultimately find, especially with solopreneurs is that solopreneurs need to be super focused on making sure that their business is reflective of themselves and what they want to get out of their work. And so solopreneurs have this really unique power to create businesses that are custom tailored to them and to the life that they want to live. They are not um, beholden to employers, nor are they beholden to employees. And so they really are one person shows that um, have this unique power to build custom businesses. And I think a lot of times um, that... gets lost when you get into the thick of just like running your business, the day to day of running or building your business from scratch. And so I always have solopreneurs start by getting back to the foundation of who they are, why they do their work and they, what they want to get out of their work. And so revisiting those foundational aspects allows me to then help them build or rebuild a business that is directly connected to all of those things so that people are playing on their strengths. Um, so that you're structuring your business and your business model. So that it's giving you exactly what you need out of your work, whether that's time, money, flexibility, um, fulfillment, whatever that is. And so we always start with the individual and then build their business from there.
0: I think that is brilliant. I love that so much. I think that um, you bring such an interesting point up about solopreneurs. Like they're, they don't have anyone that they're reporting to and they don't have anyone reporting to them. So The freedom is incredible, and yet so many solopreneurs talk about not feeling free, like feeling like they're just working so hard, and they just want to have this freedom to really be able to create a business that is exactly what you're talking about, you know, that's around their their values and what they, they really want their life to look like. And so they have that freedom, yet so often struggle, I think, to really like be able to put that freedom into action so it's actually like you know what i'm saying like it's mm-hmm. actually like their business is what they want it to be rather than where it turns out to be a lot of times is a lot of hustle a lot of work a lot of you know and and all the mindset stuff that i work with people on is a lot of like the doubt and the uncertainty and the mindset blocks that come up along the way so Let's let's kind of shift a little bit because I love this idea of like coming at client, like finding clients from a place of really being in touch with your values, really being in touch with your strengths and what you want your business to look like. And then how do you take that and turn that into like a way to attract and acquire new clients in your business? Um. Yes. So I think
1: starting with those foundational aspects is super important because we often are, um, we can get into more of a transactional mindset where we're just exchanging our time for money. Um, And it gets, and don't get me wrong, money is great. I like making money. Um, (laughs) I help all my clients make lots of money. And um, money fundamentally, like, can't cut it. Like, if all you want out of being a solopreneur is money, you might as well go back and work for someone else because I promise it's easier. (laughs) Um, And so I think getting super clear about who you want your client to look like and – I think that that's like multifaceted. So I think there's like the sort of like typical things that business coaches will have you think about. So, like, sector, what size of um, business are you looking at? Or when you're thinking about individuals, you're thinking about like income brackets, or you're thinking about like the level maybe that they are in, in a company if you're coaching executives. And so I think all those kinds of things are really important. So getting super clear about from the outward facing perspective. So from you to your client, um, who are you, who are you best positioned to serve and what is the problem that you solve for them? And it sounds so simple, but I think that most people I work with um, actually have a really hard time answering that question. So like, what is the problem that you solve for your clients? And it has to be um, the problem that they come to you to solve. So like I said, people come to me and they say, my systems are broken or my marketing is broken or um, my I've hit the like, a glass ceiling income-wise. And I know that... What that usually translates into is that they've outgrown their business model in some way, and we just have to get back down to the, the back down to those foundational aspects and rebuild it. But that's not what I'm saying to them, right? Because that's not the problem they're coming to me with. They have a very specific problem, and they're framing it in their own words. And you have to be able to speak. In the words of your ideal client. And the only way that you can do that is by asking them. So having as many conversations as you possibly can with people that you think are your ideal client, and just asking them the questions, you're not trying to sell them anything. You're literally just like, hey, like, what are some of the problems that you're dealing with? What have you tried to solve them? Um, so I think that's the first piece is you have to be really, really clear about who you serve and the problems that you solve for them. And the narrower you can be about that, the better, because I think the more you try to position yourself as everything to everyone, um, you ultimately are speaking to no one. So when I sit down with like, let's say I am sitting down with a freelancer, um, for a coaching conversation and I'm like, what do you do? And they're like, well, I could do email marketing. I also do some like VA stuff and, um, you know, i also build websites on the side and like all those things. And in my head and they're like, so keep an, eye, an ear out, if you hear of anything that needs those things. And in my mind, I'm like, it's too many things. Like I need you to be super clear yeah. with me about yeah. like, what, who do you serve? What problem do you help them solve? So mm-hmm. I think that's like the basic. Um, and then I'm a big believer in sort of, um, Old school, maybe not super old school, but old school networking. Really, I think that a lot of us in the solo printer space rely a lot on um, um, email marketing and um, funnels and social media. And I think all those things definitely have a role. But I think that if you are a business of one, you are going to find the best clients if you are having one on one individual conversations with people. And so if you're and you can't do that unless you know who those people are. So it just goes back to like, figure out who those people are. And um, you're just building one on one relationships with people that are not based again on this like transactional relationship. Um, You're not looking them as walking at like walking dollar signs. Um, You're building genuine (laughs) human relationships with people, which sometimes translate directly into a client or sometimes they translate directly into them recommending you to someone that they know. Um, I would say the other like key people to be building like genuine one-on-one relationships are what I refer to as nodes. So find the people who already have a network of your ideal clients, but do something that is adjacent to what you do. Um, And so they don't do the same thing that you do, but they do something that is complementary to what you do. So you want to be finding the people that your ideal clients are going to for advice. Um, And that is like, those kind of relationships are gold because then you have um, someone who needs the types of services that you do and they already interact with your ideal audience. They've already built that network. Um, So those are sort of my two tips for um, finding the right clients.
0: I love those so much. Um, And I think that I really agree with you. I think that (laughs) maybe because I'm a little older, but the old school like networking, just getting to know people building relationships. I think that's so much more effective because if you're just like, putting stuff out there on Instagram or on Facebook or whatever, and just making posts. Like it's very one-sided. It's like putting it out there and like hoping you're going to attract the people that you really want. But it's, it's sort of like it's disempowering because it it puts like the power in that platform, right? It's like, okay, well, is Instagram actually going to show this to my people? Is Facebook going to are people going to see this? But if you're building real relationships, you have more control, you have more power in that situation and you can really build relationships that are going to lead to like you said, like it's going to be people who are are looking for the help or somebody who you can refer um, you know, who can refer their people to you because you offer something very specific. And I love too that you said, like, get super clear on what your problem is that you solve. I think it's like when we hear that, we just start like, oh, yeah, but I know my problem that I solve. I know what it is. And really, like, what you said about like, what is the problem as they see it is so crucial because if we're like solving, You know, if I'm like, oh, you know, because this is what I do, I solve people's mindset issues and people are like, well, what the heck does that mean? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So if I can say, like, I help people slay the self-doubt so that they can attract clients over and over again. When I say that, people can paint that picture like, oh, yeah, the self-doubt is what's in my way. So that's the problem that I'm solving for them. Whereas, you know, if you're just like, oh, you know, I give people confidence or I give people more self-love, it's hard for people to really like conceptualize that. So I think the more specific, the better for sure. But do you have any other examples? Those were just off the top of my head, but like, are there any other examples that you can think of where, you know, a client is, um, you know, a coach or somebody comes to you and they're like, I think this is the problem I solve, but maybe it's not the problem actually that their client is looking for ideally. Do you have any examples of that that would help us kind of conceptualize that? Yes, um, let me think of a couple. So um, let's see, a couple of the
1: folks that I work with in my coaching program are, I work with a very um, diverse set of freelancers in terms of skill set and what, they, what people do. Um, and so I would say an example would be a couple of people that I work with are um, data analysts. And so they do freelance data analysis and evaluation. And when they, um, are thinking about what their clients need, they're thinking that their clients need better evaluation. And I don't, so like, let's say they work with a nonprofit. They need better evaluation. They need to, you know, have some hard numbers about whether their programs are succeeding or failing. And, um, I don't think that's often what they're, if they ask their nonprofit folks, what they're actually want is they're like, I want to be able to write better reports for the people that fund my work. Right. Uh, And so that's, it is the same thing. So what they need is the same thing, but they're framing it in a slightly different way than someone else might be framing it. I think your example is really good because I don't think, I mean, maybe some people are, because I think mindset is kind of a buzzword right now, but I don't think people are out there Googling like, how do I fix my mindset? Right. <laughs> right? Exactly. So I think you're exactly right. Is like, um, you know, it's about mindset and you know that when people come to you with this laundry list of things that they're struggling with, you're like, okay, we got to fit. Like there's underlying mindset work yeah. that we have to do here. Yeah. Um, but they're coming to you saying like, I have imposter syndrome or I have self doubt, or I don't feel like I, um, can do this. And that is, that is the signal to you of what they really need. Right. And so I think it like, it goes across the board. I think any type of solopreneur um, can do this with their ideal clients. Again, I just, my question for anyone that comes to me with like, with that um, is have you asked them, like have you had a conversation with them about what they think their problem is Mm -hmm. Um, because you don't know if you haven't. And I think, the longer you do it and you end up starting to have conversations with people when you're, you know, trying to bring them in as clients, you start hearing those things and being able to pick them up, but you really just can't do it. If you're not asking, if you're just making assumptions about what you think people need.
0: Yeah. I totally agree with you on that. And I think, um, yeah, those conversations are so incredibly important. And I think what's also really, um, Really important to remember is as coaches, like one of our superpowers is asking really good questions. So if we're asking really good questions, we're going to know exactly what problem our clients think they need to solve. And then we can tailor our marketing and tailor our messaging so that it is speaking to that rather than something really general. So, yes, I love that. So, okay, we've got some ideas now about how to find the clients. So um, take us to the next step. Once we have those clients and we're onboarding them and we want them to have a really great experience, because again, like one of the best ways to get more clients is to have your clients continue working with you. (laughs) <laughs> and refer their friends right so to keep your to keep those clients coming in on repeat over and over again we need to make sure they're having a really good experience and I think even the very beginning of clients you know once we acquire those clients what what do you recommend as far as the onboarding
1: um so onboarding I think well um, obviously be pretty specific to, you know, the type of work that you do. But I think there are some best practices that, um, are no brainers, depending on, sorry, no matter what you do. Um, and so some of those things are, I think you're absolutely right. I think people want to feel, um, a level of professionalism and they want to feel like they're being taken care of. I think they also want to make sure that whoever they're interacting with, um, is being proactive about the information they need to get started or they need moving forward. So they they should never have to ask for information. So they should never have to be like, where's that zoom link? Or when is my next appointment? Now with that caveat, I think we all know that sometimes people don't read their emails <laughs> and people <don't laughs> keep yeah. things on their calendars. So I'm not saying that you're not going to have clients where you're like, Hey, I already gave you the information. Um, but I think being really a, having a very clear idea in your head of what the client journey is. So like, if you're a coach, what is the package that they're purchasing? What does it entail? How many sessions do they have? Um, or are they part of some ongoing program? And just being really um, clear with yourself. And this will come over time. So like if you're doing something new, you're going to really learn some of these lessons as people go through the program, because you're not going to really know until you've tested it out. Um, But just making sure that all of the information they need is like at their fingertips, whether that's like um, a web page or some sort of like back end, like platform where everything is um, housed. Um, As a coach, I always make sure that all of my clients have a, and I just use a Google Doc, but a document where we're keeping track of the conversations that we have with each other. Um, And so kind of like a running agenda, um, depending on the conversation that we're having with each other, and making sure that I'm sending that out to them like, you know, 48 hours in advance of our meeting. So looking forward to seeing you on Thursday, here's our agenda. And afterwards, they have like a place where they can always go to find those notes. So I think some of those super basic structures um, sort of go, um, can sometimes um, go without saying, but people don't always do them. And so I think having those structures for yourself will also make your life easier. And so having a replicable structure for every time you bring on a client where you're like, "Here's, here's my one pager of everything you need to know about working with me. Here's your document that we'll use to keep track of everything together. Here's the structures that you know, if you have a coaching package of 10, here's where I'll be keeping track of, like, did you use all 10 of these, or here are my terms and conditions, whatever those things are, making sure that they have that information at their fingertips, I think is super important.
0: Love it. Yes, totally agree. I know it's so basic, but like, sometimes we just, you know, overlook the basic stuff, right? It's, yeah. you know, it's so important to really just make sure that it's so easy for them. And I love that you point out too, it actually makes it a lot easier for us as well. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about where we can find you, any offers you have right now, um, that sort of thing.
1: Um, So I, you can find me on my website, which is fruitioninitiatives.com. And, um, Depending on when this airs, there's always something on there, whether it's an upcoming workshop that I'm doing, um, or I have a solo printer business model assessment um, that's uh, on my website as well. And so if you go to my homepage, you'll be able to find all of that stuff. And then you can also find um, everything about where I am on social media and all those other things.
0: Okay, amazing. And we'll link all that in the show notes so people can find you any last minute Tips or advice for anyone as we leave? I always feel like people remember the last thing they hear the most. So what's one thing that you would love people to walk away with today?
1: Um, I would say just keep in mind that being a solo partner is not a nonlinear journey. And so you are going like give yourself permission to reinvent your business whenever you feel like it's no longer giving you what you need.
0: Love it. Thank you so much, Sarah. Such great advice today. And, um, yeah, you guys reach out to Sarah. She's got such a great mindset and, um, look forward to, yeah, hearing more of what she's got, got going webinars, that kind of thing. Can't wait to hear that. So thanks so much, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the clarity to cash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please write a five-star review and share with your biz besties. If you want to learn more, come visit me at jenniferjacobsonlifecoaching.com. That's Jacobson with a K. Talk to you next week.